Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Greg Maturi, currently the pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in Youngstown. Welcome, Father. Thanks for having me again, Tim. It's great to see you and have you in the studio again. Today we're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT about what we believe as Catholics. And today we're going to start with question 80 in the UCAT. When we speak of Mary, we say that she's the Blessed Virgin Mary. How can Mary be a virgin? Well, that's a, it's an excellent question, that, and uh, Protestants in particular have a hard time understanding. Uh, but anybody in our culture, ha- because we don't value virginity, we don't understand virginity. And virginity really is both physical and spiritual. Mary is both a, a physical virgin and a spiritual virgin, but they both go together. That is this this notion of a complete dedication, entire dedication of one's life to God. Mary has completely dedicated her life to God. And so she, her spiritual virginity, her total dedication to God, is uh, also ha- goes hand in hand with her physical virginity. That is, that uh, she is a virgin uh, before, during, and after giving birth to Jesus. Isn't it true that her parents, as a as a baby, dedicated her in the temple? Absolutely. We talk about the presentation of Mary, in fact, uh, important for her parents, uh, Joachim and Anne, um, dedicating uh, our uh, Mary to the Lord. And then Mary, when she attains uh, the age of reason, makes some kind of uh, dedication of herself, confirms that dedication, and... Um, makes it so that all her life uh, is for the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, every aspect of her life, uh, her body, her spirit, her personality, everything she does. You know, she's completely, and this is neat, we see this in the Legion of Mary, people who are completely dedicated to working for the Lord. Um, in our culture, it may be difficult to understand that a person would give themselves completely to the Lord. We see that in consecrated life, which uh, Pope uh, Francis has dedicated the year to uh, consecrated life. Um, and it's, um, but religious women and men uh, given their lives completely to the Lord and, and in imitation of our Blessed Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And that's a, you know, and so virginity is, has to do with dedicating our lives to the Lord. Virginity for the sake of the kingdom. Not, sim- not simply virginity, but virginity for the sake of the kingdom. And that's really what we're talking about when we're talking about the virginity of Mary. Complete and utter dedication to the Lord so that she can say with every fiber of her being, uh, let, your, let your will be done to me. Let it be done to me according to your will. Her fiat. You know, when the angel Gabriel comes to her, it's, uh, you know, in other words, when the angel Gabriel comes to her, it's not the first time she's saying to the Lord, your will be done. It's a, it's the culmination of a process uh, begun when she was very young, uh, that um, she would do every, she would 
um, expend her energies and her her strength and her mind, uh, as as the Jews praise every day. Uh, you know, my heart, my strength, my mind, everything I have is uh, dedicated to the Lord. So isn't it true that also Mary being uh, a virgin is fulfilling the uh, pro- prophet Isaiah's prophecy from the Old Testament yeah, as well? Yeah, that's an excellent point, Tim. You know, the, the prophet Isaiah, that a virgin will be with child, and uh, his, he will be Emmanuel, God is with us. And, uh, of course, Jesus is the fulfillment of that, the ultimate fulfillment of that prophecy. Uh, he, she brings forth God incarnate, the, son of, the eternal Son of God, uh, become man in Jesus Christ. And in so doing, uh, we have the uh, fulfillment of God's promise of the salvation of the world. In Jesus Christ, all promises uh, come to fulfillment. Uh, in Jesus Christ, all covenants of uh, of our Lord come. Everything God promised to the human race comes to fulfillment in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh, the one unique Savior of the world, and uh, and through Mary, who is His mother, and uh, by our union with Jesus through baptism, Mary is our mother as well. It's to me, it's another example of several uh, paradoxes of Christianity that are hard for the human mind to understand. For example, a virgin giving birth, that contradicts itself because one of the definitions of a virgin is someone who hasn't given birth. Or Jesus is God and man. Well, how can you be truly God and truly man? Or how can the bread and wine become the body and blood of Christ? It looks like bread. It tastes like bread. It smells like bread, but it's Jesus. So again, we have all these paradoxes as Christians. You know, our tendency is to sin. And yet, we're drawn to follow Christ and try and imitate Christ every day in spite of our sinfulness and our human uh, frailty and weaknesses. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, the paradoxes, I, you, I think you expressed it very well. The, the paradoxes, they're not, they're, they're not contradictory, but they're um, surprising in their unity. And uh, so uh, there's nothing, I mean, if people have a problem with the virginity of Mary and giving, being virgin and giving birth, your point is well taken. They must have a terrible problem with God becoming man, the creator becoming the created. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, it's a mystery, and it's part of the mystery of our salvation. And as with all mysteries... We don't explain them away, rather we penetrate them more deeply through the graced elevation of human intelligence. And that's where our faith comes in. We can't understand it, we don't understand it, but it's taught by the church and by the scriptures and by Jesus. So by faith, we may not understand it, but yet we still believe it. Well, yeah, um, faith is meant to give us understanding, as Augustine said, I do not um, understand so that I may believe, rather I believe so that I may understand. Faith has as its trajectory, as its purpose. The purpose of faith is understanding, but faith comes first and then understanding. Okay. So if Mary was a virgin, did Mary have other children besides Jesus? Because in the Gospel of Mark, for example... Uh, chapter 3, verses 31, 35, 
the Gospel of Mark speaks about the brothers and sisters of Jesus. So did Mary have other children besides Jesus? Yes, many spiritual children. You and me, for example, and everyone listening to us are spiritual children of Mary. Mary had many spiritual children. Did she have other physical children? No. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's simply a matter of understanding other cultures besides our, you know, post-enlightenment northern European western culture. You know, to this day, we experience cultures like the Spanish culture, which I've done a lot of ministry in, like the African culture, and many Eastern cultures. They routinely call their cousins or their friends my brother or my sister. And um, it, it, it's more common, I mean, it's the most common thing in the world to call your cousin or your friend my brother, my sister. Um, and uh, that that our particular uh, culture doesn't understand that is sad because it's a very beautiful thing to see that in cultures. And th I think that's what the scripture is talking about here, that, uh, you know, brothers and sisters, that could be friends, that could be cousins. Uh, the apostles were referred to as his brothers. Um, uh, you know, it's... It's, it's very common. So that particular passage does not mean she had physical children because, in fact, she did not have other physical children. And how do we know that? Because the church teaches us that. That's how we know it. And Christ promised that the church would be guided by the Holy Spirit and all truth. Exactly. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, the, which came first, the Bible or the church? The church came first. Where did the Bible come from? The Bible comes from the church. So it makes no sense at all to use the Bible to undermine the authority of the church when the very authority of the Bible comes from the church. Good point, Father. I think this is also another great example of why we need the teaching authority of the church with the scriptures and with tradition to correctly understand what scripture means by what scripture says. And in the history of the church, doc it's doctrines about Mary that have always been the corrective of heresy uh, with regards to Jesus. You know, it's, you know, you think about uh, the doctrine of Theotokos, a Greek word that means God-bearer. In other words, when it was disputed in the early centuries of the church whether Jesus was God, I mean, excuse me, uh, yes, Jesus was God or Jesus was man. Um, often the heresy was corrected with a doctrine of Mary. Okay. Also in the uh, Catechism, paragraph 487 says, what the Catholic faith believes about Mary is based on what it believes about Christ. So your point is well taken where throughout the history of the church, we've come to know who Jesus Christ is better by understanding who Mary is. Exactly. And the doctor, the specific doctrine I just mentioned of Theotokos, Mary is mother of God. In other words, the fathers of the council, of that council in the early centuries, specifically rejected the term Christokos, Christ-bearer. She is not so much the Christ-bearer as she is the God-bearer, because Jesus is God. And this is very important, and this reveals something important about Jesus, but it reveals something important about motherhood. The role of mother is a bearing role. 
Mary, as a mother, bears her son. She does not originate her son. Uh, and this is the role of a mother. A mother does not originate her children. That is the role of the father to originate children. The mother is a bearing, motherhood is a bearing role. That's a good point. That leads to the, to the last question for today's session. Question 82 of the UCAT asks, isn't it improper to call Mary the mother of God? Yeah, no. No, as, as I just explained, uh, the bearing role, she is not the origin of God. She is the bearer of God. That is, her role as mother is uh, to um, nourish and bear and bring into the world the child Jesus, not to originate the child Jesus. And so uh, no, she, doesn't, she is not originator of God. She is not God. Uh, she is not equal to the persons of the Trinity. She is a human being like all of us except for sin because she is full of grace um, from the moment of her conception. Okay, well said, Father. Appreciate uh, we've been listening to Father Greg Maturi as we discover what the church teaches about Mary. Father, can we have a blessing on all our listeners, please? Sure. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit come upon all of you and remain with you forever, bring you more deeply into knowledge and love of the truth. Amen. Until next time, may God richly bless you and yours. Bye for now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.